Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Unprotected Sets captures the energy of a live comedy show and brings it directly to your ears. Part stand-up, part interview. You'll get an inside scoop into the tragically funny lives and minds of rising star comics. Real, raw, and funny. It's Unprotected Sets. Man, I am Becky Bronstein. I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm certainly not the -the run-of-the-mill comedian. I think I am kind of weird. Um, But in Portland, everybody's so different and so weird, and I feel like I finally belong. I did not have any friends when I was a kid. I didn't. Nobody liked me. But honestly, it's that experience of not fitting in and being so different that makes my comedy what it is now. Turns out people want to hear about that kind of stuff. And I'm not sorry, I'm always gonna be a little weird. I've had a very strange life. I'm unapologetically other. from Alaska. Yeah, yeah, I, I moved to Portland a few years ago. It's, uh, it's kind of weird being in America now. It's very different. I, uh, I moved to Portland to do comedy, and I'm very proud of myself for actually going through with it. You know what I mean? Because, like, back home, people are always talking about moving out of Alaska to go do whatever, you know? And nine times out of ten, they come right back. Just drenched in failure, you know? They're just like, oh, I'm gonna move to New York City and be a star on Broadway. Like, oh, honey, you inseminate reindeer for minimum wage. (laughs) Or they'll be like, uh, I'm gonna move to Washington, D.C. and be the vice president of the United States of America. Nope. Sarah Palin, of course, the second most famous Alaskan after myself. Man, she just won't stay gone, you know? Every time I think we've heard the last of old Sarah P, she just keeps popping up with something to say. Which is weird, because not quitting has historically not been a strength for the Palins. I feel like I should explain that. Sarah Palin quit halfway through her term as governor. 
Like, quit. Just walked out the door. And then right after that, her husband, Todd Palin, scratched out of the Iron Dog snow machine race in the middle of the race. <laughs> the only person in that family who can carry anything to term is Bristol. <laughs> Say what you will about Bristol Palin. She follows through. <laughs> Oh man, I'll tell you what, however surprised you may have been to see Sarah Palin show up on your TV for the first time back in 08, you cannot possibly be as surprised as we were in Alaska to see that shit. I think most people know, before she was governor, that Sarah Palin was the mayor of a small town in Alaska called Wasilla. Wasilla, Alaska is like, imagine if the old guy from Duck Dynasty was a town. <laughs> it's, uh, bar's not set high. You know what I'm saying? I could be the mayor Wasilla. Your mom could be the mayor Wasilla. I'm sure they just draw names out of a hat. <laughs> or, like, put everybody's truck keys in a dish, mix them up, I don't know. <laughs> it is not a qualification for anything. It's barely on the map, dude. Like, being the mayor of Wasilla, Alaska is, like, being the mayor of fucking Whoville, man. <laughs> I do miss Alaska. I love it. That'll always be home for me, you know? I feel like I fit in a little bit better there, you know? Like, we're all like this back home. I know this is a lot. I'm a lot. There's a lot to process. I mean, you, you, you can't miss me, you know? I'm a human exclamation point. <laughs> Alaskans are intense people because life in Alaska is intense. In Alaska, life is something that happens to you. You know what I mean? I once had a bear come to my front door when I lived in Alaska. I did. One day I heard the doorbell ringing. It was ringing like off the hook, you know, like bing bong, bing bong, bing bong, bing 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 bing. And I thought, oh, okay, some Girl Scout troops about to meet their out of pocket maximum. So I go to the front door to kill him. <laughs> and I look out the window, it's a goddamn bear ringing the doorbell with a snout. You just gotta be ready for shit like that. That's how crazy it is in Alaska. You don't even have to go out into the woods to die in the wilderness anymore. They are coming to you. Coming to the front door. Like goddamn Amazon Prime. <laughs> I am, uh, I'm Jewish. Uh, I'm half Jewish, technically. I, I haven't been in a synagogue for like 20 years. I'm Jewish. <laughs> when I was a kid though, like growing up as a Jewish kid in Alaska was a hell of a thing. Like when my family moved there, the Jewish population of the state doubled, right? There's not a lot of polar Jews. We are endangered. <laughs> Where I lived, there was like one synagogue and it was run by this Orthodox Jewish family who was like, sent to Alaska, like missionaries, to start up like a, a northern Jewish outpost. So they got there about the same time we did, you know? Like they, they were running the synagogue and the, the Hebrew school and all that just out of their house, like out of their basement, like a Silicon Valley startup. And, uh, so I went to that when I was a kid and I was, you know, learning all the things and like learning about the holidays. So Jewish holidays are, are scheduled from sunset to sunset, right? Like it doesn't follow the American calendar, changes every year. The problem with that is, in Alaska, the sun doesn't set for six months in the summer. <laughs> it 
it's just, it's daylight, 24 hours a day. And in the winter, it's dark the whole time. You never even see the sun. So we were just like, you know, what are we supposed to fast from September to May? <laughs> so the rabbi and his wife, the, the missionaries, what they did is they sat down and they just made up sunset times for each date. <laughs> and they printed them on this calendar that they handed out to all the Jewish families in Alaska so you would know when the holidays were. And each month of the calendar had a little, like, hot tip on being Jewish in Alaska, you know, like, <laughs> Q&A with the rabbi type thing, like, is moose kosher? <laughs> is moose kosher? I mean, nobody's ever gotten close enough to the hooves to see if they're cloven and live to tell about it, so... <laughs> Who knows, right? Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find the ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I grew up in Eagle River, Alaska, on a mountain. Alaskans uh, have to deal with things that a lot of other people don't. You might have moose licking your car one day and you're not gonna make it to work, you know? That's just something you gotta live with. You've gotta pick yourself up and say, how am I gonna get out of this situation? And you do it, man, because if you sit down and cry, no one's gonna help you. My parents had the adventurous spirit and they moved us around a little bit. We lived on a farm in rural South Dakota in the middle of nowhere for a few years. But then we went to Alaska because we thought, how far out in the middle of nowhere can we possibly get? Uh, you don't move to a mountain in Alaska to be social butterflies. As a kid, I spent a lot of time alone, but I wouldn't say that I was lonely. I used to spend just days by myself in the basement with a little radio. I spent a lot of time with the animals and, you know, kind of just walking by myself, looking at trees and thinking about bears and moose. A little weird, maybe, but you know, uh, I found myself very amusing. I had ambitions from an early age and I decided that I'm gonna be famous someday and I told the other kids in class because we were talking about what we wanted to do. I said, someday I'm gonna be on TV. And the other kids just tortured me about that for weeks. For months, they used to like sarcastically ask me for my autograph, can I have your autograph? Like they, they were so mean and so hateful. As I got older, I studied theater. I performed a lot. I was in a play every other week, was always at rehearsal doing all kinds of things. I thought, you know, if I'm gonna succeed as a performer, I have got to stand out. I have got to be loud. I have got to put it out there. I did stand up several times in Alaska and I thought I might be good at this. As it turns out, I was very successful at it. And yeah, I think that was just such a pivotal moment for me. When I am on stage, I feel confident. I feel good. I enjoy what I'm doing. I don't have fears and anxieties and worries like when I was a kid. And then I was diagnosed with metastatic thyroid cancer, which was a complete surprise. When is cancer ever not a surprise? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. It just hit me like a punch in the face because I felt like if I'm gonna do something, it's gotta be now. I just, I felt this sense of like, life is so short. If I don't do this now, then I don't know what's gonna happen. 
Oh man, it, it is quite a culture shock for me, uh, though, leaving Alaska and coming here. You know, I feel like I've moved to a different planet, you know? You know what used to just blow my mind when I first moved down? I always thought it was really weird whenever I would see on the news that somebody was missing. You know what I mean? Like, like a Beaverton man went missing. Call this number if you've seen him, that kind of thing. I thought that was weird because, like, we never used to see that on TV back home. Because in Alaska, people just disappear. <laughs> All the time. You know, like, we're just used to that. You know what I mean? Like, somebody goes missing here and you, you look for them. <laughs> Everybody wonders, where did he go? Makes the news? That would not make dinner time conversation in Alaska. Are you shitting me? We know we shouldn't be there. We shouldn't. No people should ever be there. I don't care what the tourism board tells you. You should not go exploring the majestic wilderness of Alaska. Do not do it, man. That guy who died in a bus, that's your best case scenario. <laughs> Don't go out there. I, uh, I moved down here with my boyfriend. I'm in a very long-term relationship. We've been together for 10 years now. Yeah, he's a lucky man, good for him. We, uh, we don't have kids, which is a good thing for many reasons. Not the least of which that I'm clearly not a grown-up. I'm not responsible. Can you imagine me in charge of a human life? I can't even take care of myself. I just flossed for the first time in three years. <laughs> Being a comedian though, all of my friends are single and dating, you know. So like I'm always gonna hear about their wild one night stands and their little unsolved sex mysteries, you know. <laughs> Why does he want me to call him Voldemort? <laughs> he hasn't even read the books. Oh, good sex mystery, you know? Which, by the way, there is no sex mystery in a long-term relationship. There is no mystery of any kind. Like, you don't have to play mind games to get what you want in bed like you did when you were single. You know, you don't have to have awkward UN peace talk negotiations about what is and is not gonna happen. Even by accident. <laughs> Man, you know what they want. They know what you want. You know what works and what doesn't. You are spring-loaded, man. You're very efficient. Everybody gets what they want every single time. 100% satisfaction rate. But, of course, my single friends will say, yeah, but like, doesn't it get boring just sleeping with the same person year after year after year after year? <laughs> My response to them is this. Sure, the idea of sleeping with a totally different, brand new person every night of the week sounds exciting. But think about it this way. There's nothing shittier than having to complete an important task with the new person at work. <laughs> because no matter how hard they try, there usually comes a point where it's just like, look, I appreciate what you're trying to do here, but it would be better if I do this myself. <laughs> you can watch over my shoulder if you want, but it's getting really late and I do not have time to train you. <laughs> One of my young single friends, he just started seeing this girl, like they just got together. 
And literally after two weeks of dating, he bought her a vibrator as a birthday present. I know, right? But like then he started freaking out about it, you know? He was like, oh God, no, I shouldn't have done that. What kind of message does that send? <laughs> Chill out, dude. I mean, girls buy their boyfriends an Xbox for the exact same reason. <laughs> right? It's like exactly the same conversation too, you know? It's like, sure, we could play together, but I'm not very good at mashing down a button over and over again for 20 minutes. <laughs> so take this, go in the other room, play with yourself. <laughs> Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find the ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're living in Alaska and you have something serious uh, health-wise, you just got to move to a bigger city. So I thought, well, you know, I want to pursue my entertainment career and need better medical care. And I just picked Portland at random. In Portland, the comedy scene, it's the best in the country. And things were really starting to happen in my career. I was getting into festivals. I was really rising up in the Portland scene. I thought for the first time, like, this could maybe be something. Being in the early formative years of my stand-up career while going through cancer treatment was kind of an intense experience because I'm dealing with this life and death medical condition. But I almost feel like the stand-up comedy part is like more important and more crucial. I can't take a break from stand-up during that. I couldn't. I could not afford to not go out and hustle and go to every show. I remember doing one show right before I got radiation, so I was half dead. And I just went up there and I did this 15 minute set and it, to just total silence. It was crazy. Cause like I was so low energy. I was half asleep. I, I should have not done this show. I should have canceled, but I went up there and I did it because I'm not gonna miss an opportunity. The last surgery I had was to remove lymph nodes attached to the nerve that controls my speaking voice. My doctor, he explained the risks, uh, you know, of the surgery and said, okay, you know, you could lose the ability to speak. You could lose your voice altogether. And the idea of never being able to perform again was more frightening to me than that I would literally die on the operating table. And I went in for surgery and, uh, spoiler alert, <laughs> I didn't lose my voice and I will never shut up again because <laughs> I've got something to say and by God, I'm gonna say it, you know? Those things that used to make me such an outcast when I was younger are now the things that I think make me interesting and different. I think all comedians probably had at least a, a very different childhood experience than normal people. Because normal people don't do stand-up comedy, right? This isn't a normal way to live. <laughs> I was just recently in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> really? Okay. Uh, <laughs> that city though, man, I'll tell you what, I have seen some weird shit in my day. But like, if you ever get a chance to go to Salt Lake City, you really should go because it's probably the closest you'll ever come in your lifetime to being able to visit North Korea. <laughs> you know what I mean? A lot of vacant stairs. <laughs> and like, people can't wait to tell you how happy they are to live there. And, oh yeah, everything's great. But like, every once in a while, you'll come across like a barista that's like, get me out of here. <laughs> it is, it is 
Pyongyang with white people. <laughs> I, uh, I had never been to, uh, to Utah before. And you know like in hotel rooms, they always have the Bible in the nightstand? In Utah, they also have the Book of Mormon in there too. So one thing I thought was kind of strange about the Book of Mormon, uh, one thing. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that it had like pages and pages of color paintings in it. You know, of like the people and scenes from the stories, which I thought was a wasted opportunity. Cause like Mormonism started in the 1800s. You know, it's a very recent religion. They could have had photographs. They could have had cameras in the 1800s. I feel like that would have strengthened their case, right? Like, picture it didn't happen. Imagine if Jesus had had a boomerang video of him rising from the grave. We would all be Christians. I, uh, I'm very lucky that I get to travel a lot for comedy. That is my favorite thing, you know? I love going to new places and like meeting weird people, you know? Last fall, I was in New Orleans, Louisiana. That was a trip, man. What a weird city. So much weirder than Portland. I went to the Voodoo Museum in New Orleans. I stopped by the gift shop on the way out. I bought a voodoo doll that looks exactly like me. <laughs> so I painted a big smile on its face, put money in its pockets. I pulled out half the stuffing. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> Just gotta believe in it. <laughs> some interesting people in New Orleans. They got some colorful characters down there. I had never before in my life met a Cajun person until I went to New Orleans. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, like swamp people? <laughs> I had a Lyft driver in New Orleans who was very Cajun. Like, couldn't have been more Cajun if he'd have pulled up driving a fan boat playing a banjo. <laughs> and he turned to me and said, oh, how you lacking it here in New Orleans? And I was like, oh, it's great. You know, I'm from Alaska, so to me, this is like a huge city. And he goes, hooey, you know this here like a big city to me too. I'm from the country. I grew up on an alligator and chicken farm. <laughs> oh, well, but this year we run out of alligator food, so now it's just an alligator farm. <laughs> and you see that park over there, there's gonna be a gumbo and jazz festival in that park tomorrow. You know I got a rat in my house, I think he mocking me. I've been setting out traps for him, and he finding my socks and washcloths, and he draping them over the traps like he building little bridges. Just a little rat civil engineer. Oh, he is laughing at me. Now I'm gonna park the car right there, you can cross the street, get to your hotel. He could have crashed the car into oncoming traffic. I'd have given him five stars. <laughs> been telling me my whole life that I can't do stuff since I was a little kid. They've been telling me you can't fit in, we don't want to play with you. They told me in high school when I was doing plays, you're always going to be in the background, you're never going to be Cinderella, you know? And I just, now I realize I never wanted to be Cinderella. I'm something completely different. My entire life has led up to this moment and I feel like that because it couldn't have turned out any other way. I had a horrendous childhood and I lived on a mountain, and then I got cancer, and I was radioactive, and I had to face scary surgeries, and now I'm a stand-up comedian. I don't know if destiny is a real thing. I don't know if 
people have a purpose. But I do know this is all I've ever wanted to do. I am gonna do this or die trying. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find the ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.